Derek Carr allowed by the Las Vegas Raiders to visit the New Orleans Saints. Is he the first domino that's going to fall in the 2023 quarterback carousel on this mailbag episode of Peacock and Williamson? NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. That's where most of the questions came from on today's Twitter Wednesday midweek episode here. A nice little mailbag uh, as we get ready for Super Bowl 50. Seven. Thanks, everybody, for making this your first listen. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Nissan. The only thing more exciting than the big game is the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. There's only a few days left until the Super Bowl. Are you ready? The Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Have you put any wagers down yet on Super Bowl 57? We're going to get heavy into the Super Bowl Ooh. chatter here in the next couple of days. We've got Louis DiBiase on on Thursday's episode, the host uh, co-host of Locked On Eagles, to get into that matchup. Of course, we'll make our picks. We'll start looking deeper into some of the props that are available for Super Bowl 57 as well. But is there anything enticing to you so far, taking a look at this Eagles-Chiefs matchup? Yes. In fact, there is. Um there's two actually there's two that i put down small bets you know that, that aren't guarantees to win well one's a 50 50 ish i have the over on dallas goddard receiving yards okay i think that middle of the field is vulnerable um goddard to me is a little bit of a sleeping giant in the tight end world and a little overshadowed by kelsey and your boy kittle and those guys but i think he him and hawk are kind of knocking on the door of strong tier two guys and not much has been asked of Goddard to this point because they've been blowing everybody out, but they're going to need them. And the other one along those lines, and this one's more of a long shot for sure, is I put a couple bucks on Super Bowl MVP Devonta Smith. Ooh. And I mean, it's plus 2,500. So we know Mahomes and Hertz and those guys are the favorites, but here's my logic on that is sort of along the Goddard line. I think the Eagles are going to have to throw to win. But I think Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, is going to be ultra aggressive, you know, like blitzing the house, trusting his extremely young secondary that I could see A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith blowing up for a couple long touchdowns. And Hurts is a great deep passer. You kind of need like two big plays from him and some nickel and dime stuff for him to be in the conversation. I don't think that's crazy. I like it. Go go big. Go go yeah, with right, odds right. when you're talking about props. See if he can hit one. Uh, I love that. It's this fun strategy. Derek Carr. So he looking back at our quarterback carousel episodes that we did earlier on this week, and we got some follow up questions on that in our mailbag today. And Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints was where you had that one landing. And yeah. this is an interesting one because the Saints requested to have a visit with Derek Carr. And, and you don't really see this a lot. No, and right. The Raiders thinking about trading for your guy. Can he yeah. stop down the Big Easy and we're going to go have some gumbo and beers and hurricanes and watch some tunes? Or, you know, <laughs> Generally, a guy who's <laughs> under contract with the team, you know, it's tampering if they, if they tried to do it without permission. If mm-hmm. they asked permission, the Raiders said, sure. 
Yeah, uh, might we, well. we, need, we want that draft pick that you got in the late first round, probably. So, uh, you know, and I don't know if that means that you had to have like, did they already figure out compensation here? Is it that far along? If they're like, hey, you can't talk to our guy unless we start talking about compensation first, then he can go for a visit. Or is he just going to, are they just allowing him basically to find his own trade and bring it back to the Raiders? Well, I, you must not have seen this because I should have told you this before because I think Jeremy Fowler, it was one of the national guys. I think it was Jeremy, um, who I know pretty well. He said, they think the compensation is going to be pretty light, like a second or third round pick. I mean, if you're the Saints, you could win that division by giving up a second round pick or a third round pick for Carr and running it back and yeah, absolutely, the, you know, move on from Michael Thomas and have a pretty decent defense and give it a shot. And again, there's a connection with the head coach and Carr. Um, I kind of like it. I, I didn't love it yesterday. I mean, it was a good landing spot. I lobbied for it. You know, they're an aggressive team deep down. We know the roots of that organization, um, but there are five other teams that could certainly use them. And I forget where you landed them. I think you had them in Baltimore, which I didn't Baltimore. Like yeah. Baltimore can't be talking to them because they can't, you know, because there's like a lot going on there. That's the other thing is right. other things <laughs> have to happen before some other teams might get involved with someone like Derek Carr. Yeah. Um, that's interesting though. Baltimore can't have him in for a visit. Right. No, that can't <laughs> come have some crabs, that you know, happen. no, that's not cool. Right. It would be interesting though, if a team tried to ask Baltimore, if they could have Lamar Jackson in for a visit, then we'd be, maybe that's next. That would be a major hit. Right. That would be crazy. Uh, so, so interesting. Yeah. So uh, things are falling into place a little bit. You know? That was my number two spot. In fact, I had Carr there originally, and then I looked mm -hmm. around and I thought, you know what? I liked him better in Baltimore because I had Lamar Jackson being traded away. So, yeah, that's how crazy this one one player in one spot just changes everything. And it's just like right on down the line. Who's available yeah. now? Who can do what? Uh, we've got some questions actually along those lines here uh, in our in our mailbag today. And Good work on the mailbag practice squad. You guys were pumping them in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Michael says, which team can least afford to be the odd man out of the first round quarterback carousel? Indianapolis, mm -hmm. Carolina, Las Vegas, Houston, or someone else? Wow. Well, Houston won't be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you're picking two. They, they it, can't it, be out of it because, yeah. yeah, unless they only like one guy. If they only like one and he goes, yeah. you know, and then they just pass on and they take Will Anderson or Carter or something. Right. That tells and you all you need to know if that's what They've got ammo to do something else. They go get Carter mm -hmm. if they want, you know. I don't know if right, right. Eric want to go play where David played, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of bad memories and scars, you know, yeah. The, the family they're, might be like, Houston's like, a really good ahead. spot to do what they need, and they can slow burn this rebuild new head coach. They're, they're last on the list as far as is being able to afford things. They can afford whatever they want to do right now. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're in okay shape and, and nobody's expecting much from them this year and they don't have to do anything crazy. So this is a side note, but it was something we did mention during these last two weeks of quarterback stuff. You know, I, I glance over everyone's mock drafts, but Lance Zierlein from NFL.com came out with one today. He had Richardson going in the top five. So like well, top five. Yeah. Like that's I, the highest I've seen him go. Wow. And I, I mentioned it the other day. It's like, hey, I've been doing this a long time. I've seen these projects that are talented. They always go higher than you think. I mean, this guy's going top 10, in my opinion. I think four of the top 10 picks are going to be quarterbacks. You had mentioned Carolina. You can't just kind of sit there and assume you're going to get somebody. Like, it's one of these teams, to answer this question, very well could get shut out. I don't think it'll be Houston. But, you know, there's going to be demand because there's a shortage of the, at the position right now. Yes. And uh, I, I would I, already I would have said Indy and Carolina. Now, Indy's at four, so they have a better 
opportunity to do something. Carolina's at nine, and it's hard because now there's so many teams in front of them. And you would have thought, you know, b- mm-hmm. before seeing Richardson in the top five of a mock draft from someone like Lance Zerline, who's a plugged-in guy and, and sure. does a really good job at NFL.com, I would have said, oh, at least Carolina can sit back and know they can get probably Richardson at, at worst. At that nine. was my Maybe point. That's right, right. Case. And that's why I had in my sort of mocking this whole thing, I had them kind of moving up a little bit to get Levis and it was the landing spot I had for him because there's got to be some movement. And if if you you don't want to be on the outside looking in, and I would say definitely it's Indian Carolina of those teams, maybe even Tennessee a little bit because but but Tennessee's trying to win now more so than the other teams. Um, but the Indianapolis, what they've had at quarterback for so long, it's like they got to figure something out. I mean, this is getting ridiculous, right? Yeah, with, with what they've done. Carolina too, they made a mistake a couple of years ago. They should have just drafted somebody in 2021 and been done with it. You know, might have Justin Fields there right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they got a nice player, but the whole Sam Darnold thing, the the dance they've done the last two years is just ridiculous. So um, to answer the question the way it was phrased, though, I think yeah. the answer is the Colts. Like the least afford, probably. <sighs> you can't yeah. call Philip Rivers or Ryan or you know, like it's time to get a young dude and yeah. be, you know what I mean. Yeah. But they pick yeah. four; they're going to get someone. Will be there. Someone will likely be there. Although right. here's a question actually that goes right along with that uh, that we'll get to on the other side here. Do the Cardinals trade down to accumulate draft capital and take advantage of a QB hungry franchise? This question from Paul. We'll get to that question okay. in a second because in all these mock drafts with trades, the Cardinals just kind of sit there and collect a really awesome defensive piece. Right, but right. Never gets moved. Right. We just talked about the Colts right behind them before. Like if we're talking about quarterback movement, trying to get in front of teams, who's going to take quarterbacks? The Cardinals might be a prime team. Uh, we talk a lot about the Bears. The Cardinals might be a prime team as well for some movement. Let's talk about that and a question about the Tennessee Titans, which direction they should go as well uh, with their veteran or rookie blow it up scenario. Uh, some really good questions in the mailbag today coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about this mobile game app and can't tell you how much fun we had competing against each other. Fellow Locked On NFL hosts, it was Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers, who was the champion, accumulated the most points. And yeah, they keep tabs. Yeah, Steeler folks just, know stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, the Steeler <laughs> folks are good. Matt won the Locked On Dynasty League this year in his first year. He was rebuilding yeah, sure. and still won. That's a nice scenario when you're collecting future picks and winning the title, right? Winning's in the water around here. Yeah. Man. And uh, it's your turn to compete now, listeners, and, and we'll get to some of that uh, in later episodes, and, and we're going to have some fun ways to to put this all together here with Ultimate Football GM and some of the hosts on the network. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM, managing your football franchise, your dream can come true with Ultimate Football GM. You're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring and firing the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency, of course, the NFL draft, and all the ups and downs of a season, all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM, completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. And Locked On listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's promo code Locked On, all caps. So make sure you check it out today. Download Ultimate Football GM, ultimate-gm.com, or look it up on the app stores, Ultimate Football GM, Start your dynasty today. 
Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're checking out everything else on the Locked On Podcast Network, including the Locked On NFL Podcast. Peacock and Williamson still on the Locked On NFL channel, but we will be moving over to our own uh, our own channel, our very own Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel very soon. And, of course, you can find nice. Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft, Peacock and Williamson, your team's individual podcast, which is covered right here on the network every single day, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Here we go. Arizona Cardinals. Interesting team. I never hear anybody talk about the Cardinals. So I'm glad I'll ask this question. Do the Cardinals trade down to accumulate draft capital and take advantage of QB hungry franchises? That's going to be a prime spot. If you're a team, there's going to be a team. And we just, we just named some of them. Indianapolis, Carolina, Las Vegas, Tennessee. You're going to be sitting there in the draft and you're going to have some of those teams are not going to nobody ever has the exact same draft board. A lot of them might have Bryce Young. Number one, let's say Houston ends up with Bryce Young, right? Now, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. Well, so another team might have a, uh, the, the top grade on Will Levis or the top grade on C.J. Stroud or Anthony sure. Richardson. Yep, and yep. so you're thinking, ah, we can go up to number three right now, and we can get what we think is the best quarterback in this draft. So the Arizona Cardinals are in a powerful spot here knowing that they can say, well, we really like what we can get here in Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. So it's going to cost you, but – you you can bet we're going to be listening, right? And so t- they're they're in a really nice spot where they can say, okay, we don't like that offer. Keep giving us more. And if they don't give you that offer, you go draft a stud defender that's going to be on your roster wreaking havoc for the next 10 years, hopefully. Or if not, then you get a, a huge haul to move down and still get a pretty good player and get a whole bunch of draft picks. And look, the Cardinals need a lot of help too. And they've got a new GM. And you know what GMs love when they get a new job is a whole bunch of draft picks. Absolutely. So a lot to unpeel here. So if there's truth to Levis and or Richardson being a tier one guy, not a drop off from the top two, that there's a big three or a big four. First of all, you mentioned this earlier in the week. I think that greatly helps the, the team with the fifth pick, of course. You know, that's Seattle, yes. you know, because now there's five big hitters and someone's going to move to five and be happy, whatever, or Seattle just sits there and takes Will Anderson and says thanks. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or Jalen yeah. Carter. Or, or they take a quarterback, too. I mean, I, I don't right. think Or they take the fifth guy. I mean, Geno Smith, 12 months ago, if we're talking about this, we're like, well, of course you're going to draft a quarterback. Geno Smith's not your future. That changed right, a right, lot right. this year with how he played. But Great point. he's still a journeyman guy before that. But it also greatly affects the Cardinals, too. Now, I don't think it's crazy to say quarterback goes 1-2. And then the Cardinals phone lights up, you know, like, boy, I'm, I don't love Richardson. I love Levis or vice versa. I don't want to be stuck at five, six, nine Carolina, you know, that I, or even four to three. And I'm sitting here looking at it through the the Cardinals eyes for better or worse. You're married to Kyler Murray. You're not drafting a quarterback. We know that that goes without saying at least this year, but what position do you not need besides off the ball linebacker? They could go, Every direction, you know, like team needs is not going to be hard to come up with, with the Cardinals. So where I'm going with this is, yeah, I'd love Carter or Anderson and they're tremendous. Great. I'd rather have three starters though. On you, look at, you look at how the draft board is going to fall. And if you are going to trade down, I don't think if you're the Cardinals, you're that worried about going to 11 with the Titans instead no. of seven with the Raiders. I'll take Paris Johnson, and now I got an extra pick, or right. So if, or right. You know. And look, and we'll see how this. I, I've, I haven't really done deep dives into all the prospects like I have uh, in in previous years. That like I will have once we mm-hmm. get to 
draft day. But just looking at how the board is falling, it's looking like two stud defenders, whatever quarterbacks you think are tier one, and then a gap. Oh, it's, yeah. Once you get out of that gap, it doesn't matter to me if you go to seven or 11. Some years it's like, okay, well, there's there's nine guys. You don't want to get out of that top nine or you don't want to get out of the top 12 mm-hmm. or whatever. I think that's kind of t- 12 or 13 is what it was like in uh, in 2021 draft, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just a group of stud players. Uh, and every draft is just a little bit different in that regard. So that makes it possible for a team like the Titans at 11 to maybe jump into this thing and get all the way up in front of all the other teams because they know they won't have an opportunity to get their guy at quarterback at 11. So um, the, there's there's a lot of intrigue that could happen here if the quarterbacks are legit and teams really believe it. But remember, Matt, after the Senior Bowl last year, we saw mock drafts from reputable sources that had Malik Willis at number two to the Lions, and he was yeah. a third-round draft pick. You know, so I don't know what to think about this Richardson stuff. You know, like the talent is there. Yes, but we'll see what teams really feel like about these guys. And sometimes you think teams love players and then they fall, 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 fall. Nobody really cared about it. Uh, And then sometimes it's the opposite where you're like, man, we really love this guy and I don't think he's going to get there. So we're going to trade up. And um, I could see any number of things happening here with that. One, One nugget there. I think you're dead on is I'm not sure how it'll play out this year, but every year there's, like you said, there's 12 true first-round picks, 15 of them, 16 of them. There's never 32. There's never even 20. You know, that basically any year that player comes out, he'd be a first-round pick. Um, This year's odd, though. Like, I think it's a deep draft, but to your point, I'm not sure there's a big difference between 10 and 30. You know know what I mean? Like, the Mm -hmm. corner group is really good, but there's not a stud corner. The edge rushers are really good, but I'll be happy with any of the five, you know, like one of the best players is a running back. It's a really good tight end draft. You know, like how high am I taking those guys? Right. Yeah, exactly. The tight ends is like, Oh, I'm jumping into the top 15 to take a tight end. Right. It's, I'll just wait. Uh, Tom has a good question here too, on the Titans. He says, should the Titans blow it up and start again? Matt saying they get Lance probably means no, but their situation could do with cutting a ton of people and building around the, the decent defense. Uh, to answer Tom's question, I don't get the vibe that the Titans would be in a rebuild mode at all. Even I though don't they either, but I, GM. I think they should be. I, I thought they were going to be last year. I mean, they were my favorite over-under win total under team out there. I mean, I thought Tannehill and Henry were ready to fall off a cliff. I thought their offensive line was crumbling. They had no weapons. And that proved to be right, but it took a while. You know what I mean? Um, I think they should And that's why I like the Lance move, though, because I think you're kind of teetering. If you make the Lance move, you could do both because it's not like you're trading for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you're trading for an unproven young guy to develop around and maybe you keep Henry around just to make Lance's life easier. But I think you're cutting Bud Dupree for cap money and that type of thing, as opposed to let's go get one wide receiver and overpay for him and we can make a run at this thing. Like, I think that's the wrong way to look at it for them. I agree. It's sort of a it's a it's a soft rebuild. It's like a retool because they got mm-hmm. if you're going to go young at quarterback, they're just going to be growing pains. Yeah, but they're still going to compete because they're going to be good on defense and the division that they play in. So I think and it's you'll bad. hand it to Henry a hundred times. And yes, see where yeah, that lands, you know? Henry, right? Because if you're rebuilding, you're definitely trading away Derrick Henry, right? Because right, 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 right. asset in the NFL is your star running back who's in his late twenties. Right. Um, so unless it makes your young quarterback's life drastically easier is the only reason you don't. And in this case, I think it would. Yes. And tying all of this in is there was a report yesterday that the Titans are going to be aggressive and they're even talking about moving up to number one for but, a quarterback, presumably. Well, it would have to be, for have to be right? Yeah, of yes. course. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
So the, the the Tennessee Titans are are looking like they know that they have to move up if quarterback is their thing, or they have to mm-hmm. move go look elsewhere with a trade like Trey Lance or something else outside of the organization. So the Tennessee Titans might be one of the more aggressive teams as far as trading for a quarterback this offseason because where they sit, they know they're behind all the other teams we mentioned, and uh, a quarterback that they really, really like falling to them at 11 is probably very unlikely. And if you look at it again through their eyes and just focus on your division rivals, well, you're already very afraid of Jacksonville. You know, they have their young first uh, first contract quarterback. Uh-oh, we don't. And the other two teams probably are going to get them this year. Whether they're good or not, who knows? They could be Zach Wilson. They could be Trevor Lawrence. Who, know, who knows what the outcome is? But there's a high percentage chance Tennessee and Indy both land a quarterback in the top five. And then Coming we're up. you, you know. <laughs> Is A.J. Green a Hall of Famer? And a question about cornerbacks uh, as it pertains to 2023 as well on this midweek Peacock and Williamson mailbag. Today's episode brought to you in part by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. How easy is Prize Picks to play every single day? Well, this is easy. All you got to do is pick two players. You can pick just two players and their Prize Picks projection of NBA players. Uh, NFL, of course, there's going to be projections for Super Bowl 57. Hockey, Major League Baseball every day in the summertime is going to be going. You can find a couple of players and find those projections as well and play daily fantasy at Prize Picks. College hoops. Uh, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, tons more projections available at Prize Picks. All you do is you pick two to six players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on that entry if you nail all six. So entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Super easy. Withdrawals are safe and fast. And Price Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com. Sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50 more to play with. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Of course you're looking for that. I'm looking for that. And you know what? That's why I've got Built Bars because I just had a Built Bar actually kind of skip breakfast. But to get through the the rest of the morning to lunch, sometimes you got to grab something. I go high protein, low sugar, low calorie Built Bars, and they taste delicious. Healthy is actually tasty with Built what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors that I don't know how they pack all the flavor into a low-calorie bar, but they do. Flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut, almond. Only 130 calories in most Built Bars, and only 4 grams of sugar, yet a whopping 17 grams of protein. And that protein, obviously, you need for your body, but you also keep satisfied with all that protein rather than grabbing some really terrible for you snack that's just a bunch of empty calories so get rid of those bad snacks get rid of all the chips and candy bars and replace those with built bars and now you can start to find built bars on your store shelves as well and of course at built.com your local walmart go to the pharmacy section find a four box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puffs and at sam's club you can run in and grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro, and you can thank us later. And of course, you can find all the delicious flavors of Built Bars at Built.com. So, Matt, as it pertains to 
cornerbacks in this yeah. draft class. There was a question that you liked, and I don't know where it went. Okay. If you just won't give it. credit to whoever it was, but let me, let me find it here. Oh, here we go. I, oh, it. I have it here. Yeah, Bob Carvella. Bob. Uh, Bob says, does this deep cornerback draft class have legit cornerback one prospects or are they mostly quality cornerback twos? You kind of talked about that just a second ago. Yeah, it, it's a very deep class. Um, let, let's talk about this a fair amount because I often use the analogy about wide receiver ones. There, there aren't 32 wide receiver ones on the planet. There's 12, there's 15, you know, not a, some teams have two, you know, I mean, it's not the top receiver on your team. Who's really a wide receiver one? Well, if we apply that same logic to corner, Jalen Ramsey's a one, Sauce Gardner's a one, you know, and they were clear early prospects coming out. Well, I don't see one of those in this class. Could that emerge post-combine and more homework I do and more studying? Absolutely. And I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to tie it back to the Steelers because I talk about this all the time on our show, The Drive. They desperately need a corner. They pick 17, they pick 32, and then 48 or whatever, middle of the second round. And when we do mock drafts on the show, it's like, yeah, they could take one at 17. There's two off the board, but there's a dozen more I like. There will be one at 32. Might not be quite the same one at 17, but he's really, really good and worth the pick. Okay, we got the 32 and we took a, a center and a tackle. We didn't take our corner yet, but we'll get one at 48 because – there's going to be like 13 of them drafted in the top 50. And what's awesome about it too, or maybe one or two of them are slot types. They're all six foot with long arms. And I'm sure the combine will go a long way to figuring out the pecking order. Senior bowl is a nice start, but there's a million of them this year. There's not the number one though. I look at cornerbacks too differently than wide receivers because mm -hmm. the offense is in control of the ball. So a number one wide receiver, you can target him as much as you want, move him around, try to get right, him right, right. force feed him the ball for a defensive backfield. I, I almost, I almost look at corners and defensive backs. Now, like I look at the offensive line, you can have a stud left tackle. If your right tackle is a swinging gate, then your offense is still going to get wrecked because there's going to be somebody mm -hmm. in your back. You can't block anybody. Uh, maybe you can try to run left all day, but it starts to get a little difficult. Um, and, and I look at so it's it's all about how, together the starting five, and and I feel Don't that have way. huge holes, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, and I feel that way about the defensive secondary now. I, I'm less these days trying to find and look. Corners are still valuable. You still draft them in the first round. Yeah. Stud guy there, you draft them. It's right. not that you don't want a, a guy who's a shutdown corner. It's just that you're not exactly looking for it that way, like you might have in the past. I'm looking for my top five, my slot corner, my safeties, and my corners to be really solid and play well together. And coverages move around so much, so much communication between those guys on the back end. I almost look at it like the offensive line, where you want you want zero weaknesses rather than the stud on one side and then trying to worry about how you're covering the other side. I 100% agree. And those positions don't couldn't look any differently with the styles of human beings they are. But pass protection and pass coverage are the two reactionary things in this league, which means the opponent dictates what you do. You know, And I think there's a similarity there. I think there's a shortage of those guys that if there's a hole at center or strong safety or nickel corner, I can choose to go there time and time again and make you adjust and play left-handed. So I'm 100% with you. And I also think times have changed a little bit since like when we were kids. Like, okay, Ramsey's a great player. Sauce is a great player. 
but you don't stick him alone like you did with Dion or Revis on Justin Jefferson and say, just shut him down and we'll play 10 on 10. You're bonkers if you do that in this league. Like that, that you can't, that's an impossibility. Hey, take Jamar Chase all day and erase him. That's not happening. And to answer Bob's questions, it doesn't look like a CB1 necessarily, although mm-hmm. there's multiple that could be the best corner on a team. But if you're talking right, shut right, down, right. you know, there's, there's, it doesn't look like there's a Revis Island in there, but probably a lot of really good corners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to call them corner twos is kind of a slap in the face, but right, 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 you right. get the point. They're yeah. probably not top 10 guys. <laughs> At Bolt Bangin' says, who's the most kicked up player in the league? Matt? That must be a term that I'm too <laughs> old to understand. What's caked up mean? Coach me up. <laughs> I should call one of my kids and text them real sure, quick. What's caked up? Sure, kid? what uh, what he's getting at here is which player has the best booty in the league. I'm pretty sure that's what this question is. Wow. Yeah. Who's got the the most? Who's got the the uh, the bubble? Who's got the best bubble in the NFL? That's okay. Got a scouting term. See, I'm good, and that is a good scouting term. And I'm not going to look for the underwear model necessarily. Oh no, no, no! We're talking about a, I a want, nose tackle right now. I think. I, I would say a Javon Hargrave to me. There you go. Oh, and I spend a lot of time at Steeler practice and saw it jiggle right in front of my face, and the girth of it, and the width of it, and think about trying to move him with a double team with that bubble. It, it made an impression. <laughs> So he's the most, the most caked up guy, I guess. Uh, that, that's how. That's the best. That was a much better answer than I thought I was going to get out of you. <laughs> I got to tell a quick story. Okay. My aunt is now well into her 70s. And since I've been doing this for a living, I hesitate to bring this up, but she wouldn't mind if I would. She has this fantasy, fetish, whatever, that if she could, if a genie came out of a bottle, it would be one of her wishes is she would love to go into an NFL locker room and see an offensive line all lined up just wearing their jock straps and just <laughs> sit there and take a snap from shotgun. She's like, Matt, if you could ever make that happen for me, I would give you anything you want. I'm like, Aunt Jude, I, I don't think the, the Steelers or Pitt or any of my affiliations are going to be fine with me asking that. Oh wow! Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that what a what didn't a plan on going that direction, but I've never told that on the air before. What a what a make a wish that would be. That, what that's a make a wish for Aunt Judy. Uh, is, let's change the subject. Is AJ Green, <laughs> JDS wants to know is AJ Green a Hall of Famer? Borderline. I mean, I think he's better than like Holt or Bruce that have gotten in recently. Um, I think he's in that Andre Johnson tier who's knocking on the door. There's just so many of them. But if you eliminate his Cardinal years, boy, he was a star and very consistent year to year. But the recent memories are bad. Yeah, he was so good. And it just, you know, the injuries and it just kind of the longevity wasn't there. I would say, no, he doesn't Mm -hmm. get in, but he was on that Hall of Fame path and he was. So good. He was right there. It was him and Julio, right? He was like, oh, these are the same draft players. class, right? Yeah. It's I thought he was a smidge behind Julio in terms of career. Yes. You know, resume. Right. So, you know, it, it, and they almost might straddle each line of the fence where Julio just gets in. AJ Green doesn't. See, I think Julio's a slam dunk. I mean, I think he's an, an easy, easy one. Okay. And Green to me is right on the edge. I know this isn't what people ask, but I think AJ Green's one of the best three or four Bengals that ever lived. 
oh my gosh. And he was uncoverable, plus could pull down anything over anybody if he was covered in his mm-hmm. prime. He was so good. And you forget that seeing his Cardinals days and seeing his late career just because of the injuries. And so that's where it starts to get difficult and wide receiver numbers are going so astronomical. Uh, the 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 level that you have to get to to get into the hall, I think, at quarterback and wide receiver is going to skew and not in A.J. Green's favor. I could see that. I could see that. If, 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 if people have a strong argument feeling that he should go, I understand that as well. It's a very good question. Last one here. Do you have any thoughts on this one from me, MWE Emilio? The, who's the least caked up player in the league. Yeah. <laughs> <That's so great. laughs> yeah this guy. Who's got no booty? <laughs> um, uh, might be your boy Devontae Smith. He's pretty yeah, cool. yeah. There you go. The uh, Grim Reaper, the Slim Reaper. <laughs> Thoughts on Brady's comments on the current game not being played at a high level? I agree with them. This NFL would have made Cordell Stewart a star. That's what Emilio says, and it actually goes back to also what. Uh, and actually, I think. Um, Trent Dilfer is being unfairly killed for his comments that were basically the same as what Tom Brady said. And, and people were defending Tom Brady and Tom Brady actually said the same thing and kind of agrees with Dilfer, but the Dilfer comments were taken out of context because he was talking to, he was talking to old NFL players and it was like, he was giving them their props. He wasn't right, 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 trash right. new school. Like, so there's a context involved with what Trent Dilfer was saying. And I know Trent Dilfer loves to talk and, and that's another story altogether. But I, I thought people are just like freaking out about it. And, and, you know, people always like try to defend their own generation. And so Trent Dilfer was taken a lot because he was saying that, but he was literally talking to old NFL quarterbacks in a, you know, in a forum, in a, in a place where he was just trying to give them their props. I don't think it was him necessarily killing the guys, but Brady's actually been through the whole thing where when he started, people could take his head off. And then now uh, he's been the poster boy of, you can't touch a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I agree with all that. I mean, watch any highlight from the seventies, eighties, nineties. I mean, let alone the Unitas years. I mean, you could, do things that would put you in jail to quarterbacks and not get flags. You know, I mean, that was the game back then. That's why there were so much interceptions. I mean, they didn't throw the ball as much or they wouldn't have any quarterbacks. I mean, that's just the the nature of the beast. So, yes, physically, it is much easier on quarterbacks. And this is a bazillion-dollar business, and we don't want to see 80 quarterbacks a year like we just did. So that's the right move. But in terms of it being harder, the the aspect these guys aren't addressing is – the game is so much faster. It's much harder mentally in terms of processing, blitz schemes, coverages. Here's an example. Like, I've sat down with many of these super stealers in the 70s. They played cover two like 90% of the snaps. <laughs> you knew where Lambert was going to be. You know, Our right. guys cover your guys. Right, right, right. I'm going to drop here, and my guys are better than yours. And Oh, yeah. You know. Just from like just from the eye candy that teams put out there, you weren't rolling coverage. Cover two didn't right. turn into cover three, and all of a sudden there's single high and rotating, and there's a little bit of that, right? But but not nearly as much. All the uh, all the motion now on offense, the bunch formations, and so much. So from a processing standpoint, it's much more. And guys are playing football from a much earlier age. Both the receivers you're throwing to and you as a quarterback, seven on sevens on all the way up. So there's just a lot more knowledge packed into your brain. So it's you could be a big, strong arm, tough guy and be a, an exceptional football player back in the day. But the toughness factor is not quite as th- there as much as anymore, which is what Brady and what um, what Trent Dilfer are talking about. And they're mm-hmm. totally spot on with that. But there's another aspect of the game that's much more difficult back then. You couldn't just be a, a big old 
you know, brain dead heaver and chuck the ball around with a seven step drop. And just because he had the strongest arm right, and, right. and were super tough and could hang in there. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a very much hours a week of preparation, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, well, practice is over. Let's go have 12 beers. Right. Um, right. Behind the yeah. gas house with our O line and smoke stogies, you know, yeah, we'll throw so some weights around later, you know? the game is just absurd compared to back right. when, you know, the eighties. hundred percent. Another quick Steeler, small example. They were trying to get Donnie Shell in the Hall of Fame, which they did. So the big thing, one of the things that they were harping about with Shell, who's a strong safety. I mean, he's an in-the-box type of guy. Well, when the other opponent would bring a third receiver on the field, we would just have Donnie cover the slot guy. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, you didn't even bring an extra quarter on the field. You didn't have a nickel package. You know, like, yeah, this, <laughs> you know this the is... specialized nature of things. Right, right. Like, yeah. We didn't even go to nickel, like. They didn't even know what dime was or, you know, I mean, like that, all respect to the seventies, but mentally it's not close. Right. Even uh, the There's late eighties. Speed. 80s. Like Everybody Roger, runs a four, four. Roger Craig, when he was the first thousand yard receiver, mm-hmm. linebackers are like, wait a second, you're going to throw to your running back all day. Yeah. Seen that. What do you what's going on here? I got That was like the beauty of Lawrence Taylor too. Yeah. Like he, they call him a linebacker. So we should probably block him with a tight end. Right. Yeah. That's how our rules are. <laughs> And he just kills them. <laughs> or we'll put a running back on him because he's a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Well, not really. Fantastic stuff. Sorry <laughs> to those that we did not get to your uh, questions and appreciate all of them every single week. Thank you so much. And thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles tomorrow. Oh, we're uh, asking about Javon Hargrave's cake, too. Oh, cake. Yeah, yeah. We'll ask him if- <laughs> <laughs> Last week, if there's anybody else on the Eagles roster that's more caked up than maybe than Jordan Javon Hardgrave, and yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of like, <laughs> it's like a birthday party every day, <laughs> a lot of cake uh, in that locker room. All right, uh, <laughs> back tomorrow, right here, <laughs> Peacock and Williamson. <laughs>